So I had a, a visit yesterday with a 91-year-old lady. I've known her for many, many years. We talked a lot. And knowing she thanked me that I would come and visit. You know, there are people out there that maybe you could go visit. You know what? Sometimes it seems like a chore. But it isn't, really. And once you do it, you're, you come away blessed. Because it is so important for them to have interaction. And, and you know, and, and I'm not getting any younger myself. But, um, but we know that as, as we get older, it gets harder to go out. It's harder to, to uh, you know, to get around. Uh, I've noticed at my age, uh, I can remember, you know, I used to run and slide in my feet and do flips in the, in the leaves or what have you. Um, and and I, I, I don't, if I take a flip today, it was an accident. <laughs> and, it, and, and my heart begins to beat quite rapidly. Um, going down this little hill in front of the church, we putting up the sign. And I mean, I couldn't believe just how apprehensive I was. And, and about even walking down that little hill. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm getting older. Uh, so, you know, there are those out there that may, maybe they can't get out, but they surely would love your company. If you've been praying and saying, Lord, what can I do? You know what? The Lord set the bar very low. He said, if you give a cup of water in my name, you've done it to me. If you've given clothing to the poor, you've, you've clothed me. And, and you know, so, so we realize, Lord, even at this Christmas season, Lord, who is it that I could give a gift to that may not get a gift? Uh, or, or, or may have a lonely Christmas. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a blessing. So each and every one of us should always think, Lord, what can I do? Amen. And I'm sure the Lord, surely there's something that I can do this Christmas season. I want, I want to speak out of Proverbs 23, 7. He says, for as he thinketh his heart, so is he. I was thinking about thinking that makes sense thinking about thinking and the the truth is that we need to unplug from the virtual world it's so easy to get consumed you get on facebook and before you know it two or three hours have gone by and, and you know as you, as you do that we we're becoming consumed but i want to tell you what the what this new world is 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 looking to offer us just the beginning of where we are right now. Facebook on Thursday announced that it is opening up a horizon, horizon worlds. It's a virtual reality world uh, of aviators to anyone 18 or older in the U.S. or in Canada. Uh, border launched launch of Horizon World is an important step for Facebook which officially changed its name to Meta in October. The company adopted the new uh, uh, sci-fi uh, virtual world. Now, let's see if I can get it here. To describe its vision for working and playing in a virtual world. With the announcement on Thursday, users will no longer need invitation to go into Horizon Worlds, Horizon Worlds launched a better last year to select uh, uh, VR users 
who answer invitations to join the virtual world with the announcement on Thursday, users will no longer need invitation. And what we realize is Horizon World launched the better last year, and I don't want to repeat that. The border launch of Horizon World is an important step for Facebook, which officially changed its name to Meta. And if you can also go and find um, uh, secondlife.com, a new world is waiting with thousands of virtual experiences and communities. You will never run out of places to explore or people to meet. We know that with the television, it has really allowed people, you know, you can look at your neighborhood here and never know your neighbor. Because you, you plug in, you get home and you plug into your television. That was just the beginning. Now they're, they're designing goggles and they said in 10 years your iPhone will be obsolete, that you'll have one, one piece of glass on one eye that will give you all the information. You'll never get lost again. Just by barely speaking, you're going to be able to get on the screen anything you can imagine or anything that, that you need. Uh, even step-by-step uh, -step directions on where to go. I mean, this is where they're headed. And if you look at what they're saying, all the oligarchs uh, are working on this. And I talk about Facebook and, and, and many others, Apple, and many others are working on this because what they want to do is create a, uh, a matrix. They want to create a matrix in which you plug into that and you'll live life virtually instead of in reality. We're beginning to see children not playing. When we, were little, when we were kids, you know, we were out playing all the time. Be, and we didn't go in until mom called us at night uh, because we were playing kick the can or we were playing hango uh, uh, seat or, or, or games all the time. It was not a virtual reality. It was a real reality. But today we find children not going out and playing anymore. They're plugging in. And that's just what the devil wants, is he wants people to stop living and start plugging in. We need to be careful with our children to say, look, we don't want you plugging in. Because I'm going to tell you where it's headed. It's headed to a matrix. It's headed to a reality that isn't really a reality. It's a reality that they create, and that's what the devil intends to do, is create a reality for you that isn't a reality at all. I think of one man, he said, you know your life has gone to pot when you're watching fishing on TV. <laughs> we don't go fishing anymore, we just watch it. <laughs> Amen, my wife went to me and said, well, so what are you doing? I said, I'm working. She said, what do you mean you're working? You're just sitting there. I said, I'm watching it on TV. They're building a house. <laughs> Amen. Boy, you get all tired too. I got to go get myself a drink. Man, we're halfway through this house here. Or maybe we're digging for gold. Or maybe we're driving a truck through a dangerous area. You, you see what I'm saying? My wife calls it man soaps. <laughs> as the trucks turn. As things go on. But you can really see that we are so slyly and slowly plugging in. To where that becomes everything. But I want you to know something. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, in Proverbs 23, 7, in his heart, so is he. In John 10, 10, I am come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. In the last part of the verse, uh, the part of the solution is abiding in Christ in John 15. And, and we need to realize that informs us that we must what must be done and that is to abide in the true vine. God has called us into the world not to plug in, but he's called us into the world to engage. Can I say it again? Somebody will say, well, I can't go on Wednesday night because Wednesday night is my trucker program night. I, I'm telling you the truth. I know a couple, uh, they said, we never go to church on Sunday night because we watch Love Boat on Sunday night. <laughs> People are plugging in rather than living. God didn't call us to plug in. He called us to engage. He called us to engage. And you know, and the less you engage, the more fearful you become in engaging. When a person uh, isolates themselves uh, from society and they begin to become a hermit or what have you, it, all of a sudden fear begins to build, a fear of even being around people. And, and, you know, that will happen to anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It's not, well, that's just the way I am. When we disengage, we become much more apprehensive in engaging. Today, and I was reading too on the virtual reality, I didn't, I thought I'd put it here, but it didn't. They said in the f near future, workplace will be a virtual workplace, not a real one. Don't we, aren't we already seeing some of that? Home agents taking phone calls from home. They said it's going to be a virtual workplace. You're not going to engage with people at all. Or if you engage, it's only going to be through a virtual society, not in a natural society. I believe this plague that has plagued the world now is distancing people, uh, telling people they need to put a mask on because their, their breath is diseased uh, and that the breath of others is diseased uh, and to touch another is to get contaminated. We're beginning to see in our society a ripping away and a pulling away from one another through fear. I went and got in line to return something at, at, at Lowe's. And, and I'm standing there, and I see they have tape. Everybody's six feet apart. And I, I, I wasn't paying to get too close. And somebody looked at me and gave me the stink eye. Whoops, I'm supposed to be back on my tape. Because you're contaminated. I can't have you close to me. You see, that's the world that is being created. And it will become a world where you shouldn't even come together in groups. You should just do it on TV. Or you should do it through a virtual eye. Churches won't need to come together anymore. We'll just do it virtually. It, it will work. And I'm going to tell you this right now. God never called us to that. The Bible said that, God, that Jesus touched the leper. The Bible says that the woman that touched Jesus and he said, who touched me? And they said, many have touched you. He didn't say there's a six foot rule. He didn't say get from me. He allowed the people to come around him and to touch him. And how we need to touch the people around us. The Bible said, are there any sick among you? Let them keep six feet away and, and, and throw a blessing. No, the Bible says that to call upon the elders and let them lay hands on the individual and pray.
Hallelujah. As a man thinketh. Today I think like a dynamic servant of God because I am what I think. If you get into a situation that seems depressing, you need to think your way out of it through the power of God. You need to speak to it and say, Lord God, that's not who I am. I know, Lord God, that you're able to do what I cannot do. I know, Lord God, that I serve a God that is a way maker. Hallelujah. I'm not what I eat. I'm what I think. I'm not what I wear. I'm what I think. Amen. Therefore, I will keep my thought process active and open to the voice of God. To he that hath an ear, we've said this many times, to he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the Lord. And I've had my wife uh, will, will say to me, Bob, would you put that down? I want to talk to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put it down. I want to talk. Don't you see what the devil wants to do? God did not call me to a life of failure, but to a life of success. And how will we have success, but that we'll think success? And I'll tell you, when you think success, you'll find it. Today we think, as the Apostle Paul uh, taught, when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord God, I can do it in the power and in the might of Jesus Christ. And that is the that is the word. In Romans 8, 6 says, which declares, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Paul gives us two contrasts to the arena of the mind. We can be carnally minded. What what is carnally minded? It is it is thinking on things that are material rather than on things that are heavenly. It is thinking on things I think I've, I've shared with you before about George Bevington and how he got locked out of a church one night, had nowhere to go because he was a traveling preacher, found himself in the hay pile. And as he got into the middle of that hay pile on a real cold uh, uh, late fall and the frost was all over everything, inside that hay pile he found warmth and he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, you've never had it like this. He began to praise God even in the midst of the hay pile. Amen. How many of us can praise God in the midst of a hay pile? Amen. I remember when I went through a program many years ago for, for addiction, there was a big, there was a, a fisherman. He was a burly guy. And he said, I would sit there and literally look at five gallons of booze on the table and begin to weep because I knew eventually that, ga- that would be gone. You know, it's so easy to fix yourself on, on, on what may diminish, but we need to think on things that are good. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the quarter of a tank of oil I have. I thank you, Lord God, that even though my car's on E, e it's still going. I think, you know something, when you begin to get an attitude of praise, you begin to get an attitude, and maybe on a very hot day, maybe it's a, almost 100 degrees and you get a flat tire. 
and you're sitting there and you have the inadequate tools and you're beginning to grumble and all of a sudden somebody comes along and they have everything that you need and they help you. You know what? You need to thank God. Even when you don't have adequate tools to know this one thing, God can provide. He will provide. Amen? My God is a provider. I think of Abraham when he took Isaac up on the mount and he took the wood. And Isaac looked at Dad after he'd built the altar and he says, Dad, he said, I don't see a sacrifice. He said to his son, he said, God will provide. And as Isaac lay on that altar by his father's command and getting ready to, to, to sacrifice his son, the angel held his arm back and says, look, and he saw in the thickets a ram. God provided. God is a provider today. He said, I want to be your provider, but will you think that I can do it? As Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm not going to look at the circumstance the way that others might look at it. If we would direct ourselves in the, direct, in, in the right direction, our lives would have greater meaning and purpose in the cause of Christ. People sit and wait when God said, you can give a cup of water my name. Give to those who are thirsty. Give to those who, who need clothing. Maybe you'll go to a thrift shop and you say, well, I don't know. These don't fit me, but you know, that's a good price and I'm going to buy them and I'm going to give them away. Who can wear a size 9? Amen. I'm going to guarantee you something. God will bring somebody with a size 9 by. Amen. I'm be thinking outside. Lord, what can I do to be a blessing? I want to be a blessing in my life. In Romans 8, 6, which declares to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But there's a warning from the word in first in first Corinthians two thirteen, which which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. And you know, the world may be bringing blasphemies. I was reading this morning about Goliath and how he blasphemed the children of Israel. And he said, am I a dog that you'd send this boy out to me? He said, I will destroy you this day. And David looked at him and he says, no, he said, your head will be taken from you. He said, my God is able. You want to know something? My God is able. We listen to what Congress might be saying or the president might be saying or this one might be saying. But we need to begin to speak to the winds. Hallelujah. We need to begin to say, God, I know that you're powerful. Lord, I know that you're able. And you've called me to stand in such a wicked day. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12 is that for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves, and they are not wise. I remember talking to a man some many years ago, and I said, yeah, I said, I, your, your brother, I, yeah, I said, you know, I said, I know that he's a real heavy drinker concerned for him and he said what do you mean my brother's a heavy he said he don't drink much 
only to come to find out that he drank more than his brother. <laughs> you see, when you compare yourself with other people, amen, you come up with a reality other than God's. You know, we compare ourselves. You know, I do more than this person or I do more than that person. I want you to know something. It's not whether you do more than somebody. It's whether you do something for the Lord. We sing that song in Sunday school. I may never march in the infantry. I may never zoom on, uh, on the uh, enemy. I may never shoot the artillery. But I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. And we need to understand that we are in the Lord's army. We don't need to compare ourselves with others. In Romans 15, 4, For whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for your learning, that we through patience and comfort of Scripture might have hope. You see, I can always tell where our minds are by, by where we are mentally. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You may say, well, Pastor, you don't understand what I've faced this, this day. I want you to know this one thing. God is with you. He loves you. He cares for you. And it says in Philippians 4, 9, 8 and 9, I say, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me and do, and the good and, and God the God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what we we, we have to understand and realize this morning. Thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Lord God, that you've made it. This is the first sun that's been out in a couple of days. Thank you, Lord, for the sun. You know, I went out this morning. I felt more like spring than it did winter. Thank God for this day that you have made, for it is a beautiful day. The accusations of the first church believers. We must remember the word Christian. First Christian was mentioned, we were named Christians in Antioch, in Acts 11 and 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught many people. And the disciples were called Christians at Antioch. That's a fulfillment of prophecy. In Isaiah 62 and 2, it says, And the Gentiles shall see the right, thy righteousness in all the kings of thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. So we understand as we're called a peculiar people. We're called out of this world. They were accused of filling Jerusalem with the gospel. You see, that's what we need to look at and say, Father that I might fill the hearts of those around us with the good news of Jesus Christ. In Acts 5 and 28 saying, did, we, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, we have, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intended to bring this man's blood upon us. 
They were accused of turning the world upside down for Jesus. In Acts 17, 6, it said, And when they found them not, they drew uh, Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also unto us. They were fearful. They were fe- I want to tell you, the devil is still just as fearful of the gospel. He's still just as fearful. And he will do anything within his power to disengage you from bringing forth his gospel. The devil fears you. So what we realize is that what will this virtual world do? It will disengage people to what they're feeding them. And they'll feed them a steady diet and make them think that they're living. We'll build a house, as I said, on television and get tired. We'll go fishing in in strange places and, and think we've been somewhere. We explore on YouTube, uh, you, you know, uh, going all over the place, traveling. But we really have never gone anywhere. We've really not experienced anything other than what has been fed us. And the way the world is going is even going to be more intense in everything that you think and that you do. And we need to understand that the, that the devil fears the word of God. And he'll do everything within his power to keep it from going forth. We look at the activities of the early church believers. They were bold to share the gospel with the lost. In Acts 4, 29 through 31, it says, And now the Lord behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And when they have prayed, the place was shaken, and there were assembled together, and there were all they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake, they spake the word of God with boldness. Isn't that something? How many are expecting God to, to shake the world? How many are saying, Lord God, I need your Holy Ghost and power that I might speak in boldness? They witnessed with a great power. In Acts 4.33 it said, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all. Oh Lord Jesus, that we would not plug into a virtual reality, but we would get into the real reality, and that is that the Lord has sent us into the world that many would be redeemed. And oh Lord, help us to be a part of that in Jesus' name. I see people addicted to games and playing games. I'm going to tell you, you're doing nothing. You know, and they've got these little joysticks. They, well, it helps my dexterity. Well, what good is your dexterity? You don't use it for anything else. <laughs> When's the last time you took a baseball, a, a, a baseball and threw it at a real, actual bat? Oh, we don't do that anymore. But I'm building up my dexterity. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really fast at this. Do you know what? Even wars now are going to be virtual. You, they can sit in the Pentagon and, sh- and, 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 and shoot people uh, with drones, all this virtual stuff that they're creating. Uh, so that people will just sit in an office and fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoo, 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 shoo. 
<laughs> I got him. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? It ain't going on the battlefield man to man anymore. And I'm, I'm not condoning that. But I'm saying our whole society is becoming so that nobody has to leave their home. Okay, now you've been drafted in the MA. Okay, what screen do I go to? <laughs> We're going to give you a password. You're going to be able to type in and do this, and now you're a part of the military. Oh, goody, goody, goody. Who do I kill? What do I shoot? I can do it right from my living room. There have been people who've been so engrossed in games that they literally committed suicide because their character was killed. Because that's all they knew. That's what they were engrossed in. That's what they wanted uh, uh, to do. They shared, now listen to the early church, they shared with great grace, Acts 4.33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. Uh, they shared with their wealth. In Acts 4.34 says, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were uh, possessors of land or house sold them and brought the pieces of the things that was sold. Number one, you got to realize there was no welfare in those days. There was no safety net. They were under the provisions of Rome, and all Rome did is rape the land and took every resource that was there uh, uh, and taxed them unfairly. So what the Christians did is said, look, we're going to make it. We're, if we have to pull everything together, we're going to make it. We need to love one another and, 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 and be caring one for the other. Amen. To say, Lord, if you're hurting, if you're hurting, I want to take that before the Lord and believe that God is able to provide because he is able to provide. So really all that I said this morning, I know wasn't a, a usual, but I, w I just was fixed on reading about this virtual reality that is coming. And, and it's already here, really, but it's going to come even in a more intense at a more intense level where you're going to be plugged in. And I'm going to tell you what, if you don't plug in, you're going to be looked at in a different way. Amen. I want to be active for Jesus. I want to reach out and touch somebody. I don't, I'm not going to play by the six-foot rule. I'm not going to the wear the mask that tells somebody else that my, germ, my mouth is diseased and so is yours. I don't want people to, to look and to say, you know what? What that mask means is you're filthy. I'm filthy. I want you to know something. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We take communion. It keeps us healthy. If you want to be inoculated from the disease, take of the communion. Lord Jesus, you keep me. You save me. We had a testimony this morning. Uh, from Christine who said she fell and hit her head and was paralyzed temporarily but God she prayed out and God brought back the feelings I want you to know so I think more and more in this last day we're going to see ourselves needing to depend upon Jesus to trust and we say in America why do we not see the miracle they're seeing in Africa it's because we've got a health system that we depend on we've, we've got that but I'll tell you what over there they may not have that they may be in a situation where, you know what, if, 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 uh, if I don't have health care, I need to depend upon the prayers of the people in the church. And I know that God is able.
I want to also, <coughs> excuse me. See, the devil says, you said you're not diseased. <laughs> uh, but we need to pray for, for you, Doris, this morning. And, you know, as we get older, you know, we, we do tend our bodies to get more feeble and, and our balance doesn't, isn't what it used to be and those things. But you know what? We can even embrace that and say, Lord, thank you. You know what I mean? We can, we can be a joyous people at every stage of our lives. Amen. We can just say, Lord Jesus, if, you know, if I have to go to a nursing home, Lord God, then that's my ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get down to the rec room with a positive attitude. I will I will rejoice and I think of a 91-year-old lady and I don't I'm going to close with this but a 91-year-old lady been faithful in this church for over 60 years now can't come to church because of her physical condition. She said one of the CNAs came in to minister to her and help her and the woman said to her she said you know something you are the best client I have. She said, you're always upbeat and joyful, and you're always giving me a good word. Amen? I don't want to be a crabby old person. You know, we can get crabby because we hurt. We can get crabby because we can't get around. We can get crabby because we can't hear. We can get crabby, but Lord, Lord, I just pray that we won't, that we'll stay happy in Jesus. As I said, as a man thinketh, so is he. Are you a blessing today? I pray that you are. And I pray also that you would say, Lord, this is the day the Lord has made. Let me redeem it. Let me find somebody I can bless. Let me just reach out to somebody. Maybe it's on the phone or some other way and says, I want you to know I've been thinking about you and I'm praying for you. Amen. You don't know how much that we need to unplug and plug into Jesus. We need to be able to reach those that are hurting today. Lord God, what I have, I give to you. David went out on that battlefield, and he's faced Goliath. Saul tried to put his armor upon David, and David said, I cannot use this armor. <coughs> it was armor of war. But David said, I haven't proved this stuff. He said, I'll do what I know to do. And that little shepherd boy took a slingshot out on that battlefield. That's all. That's what he had. Amen, a slingshot. Imagine going deer hunt with a slingshot. <laughs> that's what I have. That's what I know how to use. And he went out by faith on that battlefield. And though that big uh, nine and a half foot giant, um, they say even as many as 13 feet tall, I can't imagine. And he had a loud voice, and, and his spear weighed more than David did. And he went out with armor, and David looked at him and said, My God is able. Are you willing to talk to the wind today? Are you willing to talk to whatever it is that defeats you today and stand and say, My God is able? He will see me through. I trust him. Would you stand with me today? We need to pray right now for Doris and pray also for Sister Wesley. She is, friend Wesley is 91 years old. And she told me today, she said, 
she yesterday she said you know what I thank God for the years that I've had she's a shut-in but she said you know something I've been waging war in the spirit she said I was talking to somebody the other day no you know and I know people think maybe that's strange she said I was talking to somebody and I think they were in Africa and I was preaching to them how many know God has a reality it's not virtual it's real Philip was translated into another city after he baptized the eunuch, as we said last week. And she said to me, she said, do you think I'm crazy? I said, no. I said, if you're speaking good words, those are good words. Jesus is able. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just pray for Doris right now, for her strength. Lord God, in her, in her days where her body's become feeble, and, and Lord God, it's as if it has betrayed her. But God, you never betray us. You love us and you keep us, Father. I just pray right now for a blessing upon Doris. Lord God, a blessing that, that, uh, that is eternal. Lord Jesus, that you would just give her a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And Lord, that you would touch her shoulder that is hurting her. And we know, Lord God, that you're the one who preserves life. And we also know that when we're absent in this body, we are present with you. We can't lose because we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray for my sister Fran, 91 years old, a shut-in, but yet she's still active in her praise. And when people come in, they see her joy and they hear her testimony. And, Lord, she just praises you and thanks you for all you do. I pray over this congregation. I pray for all those out on Facebook. Lord, if they're hurting physically, Lord God, that you could heal them. Lord, you can touch their infirmity because you said your hand is not shortened, that you cannot touch the infirmities of your people. Your ears not stopped, that you cannot hear the cries of your people. And, Lord, we just reach out right now by faith in Jesus Christ that your will would be done in each and every one of them. Lord, let us, like the early church, think as overcomers, to think, Lord God, to be active in this world, to, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether it's through word or deed, that many would find you as their Savior. And we pray all this this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen, so be it. God bless you all.